This is a Discovery Church podcast. Tune in to hear from our team as we invite you to find yourself in the bigger story. To find out more about what's going on in the life of the church, head to discoverychurch.com.au. Good morning. How are you doing? Good, good. I'm excited for the word today. I'm excited to be sharing with you. But first, I wanted to take us back to the 90s. Who remembers the 90s? Who was alive in the 90s? Who wasn't? Who was, actually, who wasn't alive in the 90s? There's a few of you that weren't alive in the 90s, but don't worry. We're going to talk about 90s fads, and let me tell you, everything comes back. So, um, show of hands, who had, let's think about 90s fads, who had a pair of Reebok pumps? Oh, yes, few. What else was 90s? 90s was the year of all sorts of piercings. Anyone willing to admit? <laughs> Cooter Lines Jumper. Oh, no, that might have been a, a New South Wales thing, maybe. Um, what else was 90s? Yell me out something that was a fad in the 90s. Yo-yo. got married. Oh, you got married. Well, congratulations. Yo-yos. Yes. CK1. That was the fragrance of the 90s. Anyone have some CK1? If you're about my age, you probably did. Um, Spice Girls. Spice Girls, yes. Well, um, in the mid nine, I was a teenager in the 90s, good time to be a teenager. Um, the mid 90s, I'm going to say around 94, 95, I was in year eight, year nine. The thing that every girl wanted was a mood ring. <laughs> Did anybody have a mood ring? They're probably back. If they're not back yet, they'll be back in the next few years, seven to 10 years, it all comes around again. So if you've got one, hang on to it because you'll be cool again. But the, I, I never had a mood ring. I always wanted one, but my friend Angela had a mood ring and we used to take turns at lunchtime putting it on to see what colour it would go because the whole idea of the mood ring was that it kind of like a hypercolour T-shirt. Maybe you had one of those. It's something like um, some sort of chromatic science behind it that changes the colour based on your body temperature. And the idea was, is that your body temperature is linked to how you feel to your feelings at any given moment. So if it was, these girls are laughing, did you have a mood ring? You You did. If it was deep purple, that meant passion. If it was, so we used to put it on to see if it would go deep purple when we were talking about the boys that we liked. If it was like bright purple, that meant happy. I think red was like anger. Um, um, Orange was if you were like unsettled or nervous. I think black meant um, deep sadness or that your ring was broken. Most of the time they were black. I think grey was like um, sadness, maybe there was blue was sleepy or um, super chill, blue was super chill. And then there was green and green meant peace, that all was right with the world. And I was thinking this week um, in terms of just coming to prepare for Palm Sunday, I was thinking what would happen if we put a mood ring on the finger of the world right now? What colour would it be? And I thought, I know what colour it wouldn't be. It wouldn't be green because I don't know about you, but everything's in chaos still. I think we thought the year might start a little bit more calmly, maybe a little bit more predictably, maybe some rhythms we might be able to get back, maybe some certainty. But when I look around, there's not a lot of peace anywhere. I don't know. And that's just, look, that's just the headlines. We haven't even started talking about what's going on in our own lives. 
Um, personally, for us, it's been a really challenging start to the year, very unsettled, all sorts of kind of crazy things happening, um, not a lot of peaceful things happening. Um, and so as we come to Palm Sunday, I want to, here's the title of the message, and um, this is what we're going to look at today as we open the word together. The title of the message, if you're taking notes, is Where Did the Peace Go? Where did the peace go? Because it, when I'm looking around, all I'm seeing is an absence of peace. And it's kind of overwhelming, isn't it? It just feels like Matt just said, one thing after another. One thing after another. Every time you turn, you almost don't want to turn on the news because you're just not sure if you're ready for the, for the shock factor of what the next thing is that's going to happen. And, and that's not even to mention just the aftershocks I think we're still definitely feeling as a result of the COVID pandemic. But on top of that, there are all of these things. And so the question is, where did the peace go? Um, because as we come into Easter and today's Palm Sunday, Palm Sunday is a celebration of peace. And so I just really believe that there's an invitation for us today and perhaps a word from the Lord for us uh, to encounter Jesus afresh as the Prince of Peace, because that's what the scripture tells us he is, who he is, that he is the Prince of Peace. And might we just um, be invited to experience that, that freshness of his peace again today in a time that um, is not really reflecting much of that at all. So um, let me pray for us, and then um, we're just going to do a little bit of background into Palm Sunday and, and open the word together. So Father, I thank you that um, today we get to open your word together. I pray that as we dwell in your word, you would illuminate to us what it is that you want us to see and hear and experience of you today, God, that we might draw closer to you and um, be changed and transformed by who you are, Jesus, our Prince of Peace. Amen. Amen. So Palm Sunday, if you're new to faith or new to church or you've just never really thought too much about Palm Sunday before, context is everything, right? So before we just, let's not assume we all know what Palm Sunday is and what we're talking about. So I thought it might be helpful just to frame it for you. So um, firstly, Holy Week slide. So today's the first day of Holy Week. Sometimes we call it Passion Week. And Palm Sunday um, is the Sunday before Easter Sunday. So here's just kind of, this is how the week's going to go this week. And this, is, this would have been a picture of that, that first Holy Week that we had. So today we're at the top. Palm Sunday, celebrating Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem. Monday, Jesus cleanses the temple, turns the tables. Tuesday, controversies with the Jewish leaders. Wednesday, seems as though it was a day of rest because there's not a lot else recorded around Wednesday. Thursday, preparation for Passover. And we're going to celebrate that Maundy Thursday this week online together. Friday is where we get to the trial and crucifixion of Jesus. And we call that Good Friday. And then Saturday, Jesus is in the tomb. And then Sunday, Jesus raised from the dead. It's what we call Easter Sunday or Resurrection Sunday. So that's the week. That's where we are. We're at the top. We're at the, the Sunday before Easter Sunday, the start of Holy Week. So now let's go to the next slide, guys. Let's have a little bit of a snapshot of Palm Sunday. So also called Passion Sunday, first day of Holy Week. It's a feast commemorating Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem mentioned in all four Gospels. And the key symbols, you would have come in today with the big palm fronds. Thank you, Lee, um, for getting those for us. I hope you just felt, when you leave today, walk out and just receive the peace 
as you leave. But the palm fronds, they're a key symbol. Actually, they're a symbol of victory. And then you might be familiar with the donkey in this story, who is a symbol of peace and of humility. Um, So that's just to give us a bit of a context. So to set the scene, Jesus... um, has just come, when we, when we find ourselves coming to Palm Sunday, Jesus has just come from, uh, from Bethany, from where, and Lazarus has just been raised from the dead. And he's, he goes on a journey to, before he gets to Jerusalem. His disciples are with him. And it's kind of his last opportunity with the disciples. And you know, Jesus never wastes a moment. He's teaching them all the way on this journey that would have taken a number of days for them to get to Jerusalem and he's teaching them and and still they're not really under they're not really getting it he's trying to prepare them for the fact that soon he's going to be going away and he's going to be absent for a while but they're still just not really quite getting it um Sometimes we can be fooled into thinking that Palm Sunday um, is a lovely pastoral scene where Jesus is on the donkey and it's peaceful and it's lovely and he's riding into Jerusalem to be received as, as their king. But let's not forget that it, it, this, in this time when this was happening, it was a completely hostile environment. The climate, you could say, was even murderous. Jesus was a hunted man. He was... He was, you know, nothing about Jesus' life and ministry had been easy. And that's why for the three years leading up to this, he tried to keep it on the down low. You know, you might remember all through the gospel stories, whenever there's a healing that takes place or a miracle, it's often followed by Jesus saying, don't tell anyone. Don't tell anyone about this. You know, because Jesus was trying to keep a very low profile. But as he makes his way to Jerusalem, and we're going to read together from Luke 19, this is the first time that Jesus is happy to be affirmed as the king and he's happy for them to openly talk about him as the king in this way. And so that's how we come to this story. So we're going to read it together from Luke 19. It's going to come up. I'm going to read it to you from here because it's much bigger print than in my Bible. It's easier to read. So it says this, After telling this story, Jesus went on toward Jerusalem walking ahead of his disciples. As he came to the towns of Bethpage and Bethany on the Mount of Olives, he sent two disciples ahead. Go into that village over there, he told them. As you enter it, you will see a young donkey tied there that no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. And if anyone asks why you're untying that colt, just say, the Lord needs it. So they went and found the colt, just as Jesus had said. And sure enough, As they were untying it, the owners asked them, why are you untying that colt? And the disciples simply replied, the Lord needs it. So they brought the colt to Jesus and they threw their garments over it for him to ride on. As he rode along, the crowd spread out their garments on the road ahead of him. When they reached the place where the road started down the Mount of Olives, all of his followers began to shout and sing as they walked along, praising God for all the wonderful miracles they had seen. Blessings on the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in highest heaven. Your translation might say, Hosanna, Hosanna. But some of the Pharisees among the crowd said, Teacher, rebuke your followers for saying things like that. But as he came closer to Jerusalem and saw the city ahead, he began to weep. How I wish today that you of all people would understand the way to peace. But now it's too late and peace is hidden from your eyes. Before long, your enemies will build ramparts against your walls and encircle you and close in on you from every side. They will crush you into the ground and your children with you. 
Your enemies will not leave a single stone in place because you did not recognize it when God visited you. Then Jesus entered the temple and began to drive out the people selling animals for sacrifices. He said to them, the scriptures declare my temple will be a house of prayer, but you have turned it into a den of thieves. It's a big scripture and I'd love for us just to make a couple of observations and then I'd love just to extend some invitations to us to consider together today. But um, despite all the hostility and the conflict, as Jesus comes into Jerusalem, the celebration that's happening is a celebration of peace. That's what it is. It's a celebration of peace. And you might remember when, when this is written by, written by Luke. Luke was a doctor, which means lots of detail. He opens the, the gospel of Luke actually um, declaring peace on earth as Jesus is born. And so Jesus uh, is coming towards Jerusalem to make peace, not war. Jesus' intention was always one of peace and humility, not to come in as perhaps they were expecting to bring a political revolt. He was not a military leader. He came to make peace and not make war. The crowds line the streets. They're throwing their cloaks down. They're singing, Hosanna, Hosanna, or praise be to God. And it seems as though they recognize him. It seems as though they've realized this is the king who has, this is the Messiah who has come to liberate us. And I find this such a challenging point, and this has challenged me so much this week because it's this very same crowd that in less than a week will be shouting, crucify him, crucify him. So how quickly sometimes we can go from Hosanna, Hosanna to crucify him, crucify him. Because so often we're expecting Jesus to come to us in a certain way and when it's all going well, Hosanna, Hosanna is really easy. But when perhaps Jesus comes not as we expect and life's not going quite as we expect, we quickly can become crucify him, crucify him or blame, blame or God, why, why? Insert your own phrase there. But it's a challenging part of the scripture because we often just focus on the fact that they were celebrating him and receiving him. But in fact, as we go on through this scripture, what we realize is they missed it. They missed it altogether because as Jesus comes into Jerusalem, you hear the, this, this, side, this theme of peace on earth starts to, starts to switch. And Jesus, the scripture tells us, Jesus comes into Jerusalem and he looks at the city and he begins to weep. And so this story is full of so many tensions and paradoxes because the crowd's celebrating, but Jesus is lamenting. He's weeping over the city, like not just sort of a few tears, like he's distraught. He's distraught over the city. And he's not upset because he knows he's about to endure a horrible death. He's upset because they've missed it altogether. They missed how he wanted to come to them. They missed his heart in the midst of it. They knew him by name, but they didn't know him. They didn't know his ways. They had just missed the opportunity to experience the peace that he wanted to give them. And he says, you know, if only, if, if only on this day you had of rec you, you um, recognized the peace that was coming to you, but because you didn't recognize it, the city will be destroyed and your enemies are going to overtake you. And that's it, that's, that's what happened. Not long after this, 
Roman, this, the city was already under Roman occupation and the Roman army came in and they decimated the city. More than, more than 6,000 Jews lost their lives. The city was totally destroyed. And so Jesus could see that this was going to happen and this is why Jesus was so distraught. And so as Jesus weeps over the city, um, I just want to share with you, I love one of the commentators said it this way. He said, Jerusalem was built to be a holy city, the royal seat of God's chosen king and the worldwide center for kingdom peace. But she has turned her back on God and is about to reject and kill her Messiah, his Messiah. So Jesus' heart is breaking. He's distraught. He sees the temple and it looks nothing like what it was designed to be, this, this temple that was designed to be a place of evangelism, of prayer, of worship, has become a marketplace for the religious leaders. And, you know, they're parading around looking very holy on the outside, but on the inside they're covering a whole lot of sin. And so Jesus is upset at what's going on in the temple so he goes from being intense. We have this scene of the people are celebrating. Jesus is lamenting. He's, there's deep sorrow. And then there's deep fury when he sees what's going on in the temple. You know, this is the humanity of Jesus. Jesus wasn't Superman. He was, he was 100% human and 100% God. So he felt the full range of emotions that you feel. So you feel it in this scripture. You feel his sorrow. And then we feel his fury as he looks at the temple. And he sees that Jerusalem... Um, and in Israel, they've just not made preparations for their king. They have not prepared for him to arrive. They, they'd lost sight of who God had called them to be as a city of peace, devoted to worshipping him and witnessing to the Gentiles. And they just had missed it all together. And, um, you know, I just, I, I think it, it, it's cause for a pause for us today because, you know, my feeling is that this is an important time for the church on the earth, and this is a time of visitation for us. And I feel like the last few years, the Lord's been stripping away some of these things, that perhaps those places where maybe we've, we got off track and maybe our priorities shifted. And so there's cause for us to pause and just see what the Lord might be saying to us today in, in that place. Um, because as Jesus weeps over the city, what becomes clear is that peace on earth is no longer a reality for them. That's not something they're going to experience because war is about to come. I love how Weasby summarizes it. He says this, and it will be on the screen for you. He says, Jesus looked at Jerusalem and wept because it had destroyed itself. No matter where Jesus looked, he found cause for weeping. If he looked back, he saw how the nation had wasted its opportunities and been ignorant of their time of visitation. If he looked within, he saw spiritual ignorance and blindness in the hearts of the people. They should have known who he was, for God had given them his word and sent his messengers to prepare the way. As he looked around, Jesus saw religious activity that accomplished very little. The temple had become a den of thieves and the religious leaders were out to kill him. The city was filled with pilgrims celebrating a festival, but the hearts of the people were heavy with sin and life's burdens. And as Jesus looked ahead, he wept as he saw the terrible judgment that was coming to the city, the nation, and the temple. So I just wonder, how did they miss him? Because it seems as though this can easily happen to us too. We could easily miss Jesus coming to us. 
And I think what happened here was a series of misguided expectations or misplaced expectations, perhaps. They were expecting a military leader who would overthrow the Roman government and liberate them and reinstate the glory days of Israel. They thought that the king would come and establish his kingdom right then and there and set them free physically, that their city would no longer be under Roman occupation, but they would be freed and released. That's what they were expecting to happen. The reality is Jesus' conquest was not military but spiritual. He came to make peace and not war, and he was there to save lives, not to take them. The disciples were expecting, oh, we, we just talked about this, the disciples were expecting him to establish the kingdom immediately. He'd already told them numerous times that there would be a period where he'd be absent before he returned, and he was preparing them for life without him and commissioning them for what he would have them do while he was gone. They expected him to overturn the government, but the only thing Jesus overturns is the tables in the temple. Do you see the paradoxes here and the tensions where their expectations were and what Jesus was really about and who Jesus was wanting to be? They're celebrating, he's lamenting, they're looking for triumph, but Jesus just sees the tragedy that is before them. So where does it leave us? Because I... I'm excited about this scripture because I actually just feel there's some great exhortations for us here. Because this, the invitation here is to be reconciled to God. That's what Palm Sunday is all about. This invitation to see Jesus coming to us as the, as the one who comes in peace and humility to make peace with you, not to bring war and calamity and chaos. There's enough of that going on in the world around us, but that's not what Jesus brings to us. So there's an exhortation for us to be reconciled with God. There's also an exhortation to not miss the time of visitation. You know, we don't want to be like the people of Israel that when Jesus came to us, we missed it because we were expecting something different or hoping for something different even. But if we would have eyes to see and ears to hear today, perhaps there's something fresh that the Lord wants to do in us, something fresh he wants to say to us. You know, I wonder, you know, this is a significant time for the church in Australia, for the church on the earth. There's chaos happening everywhere, but we have a message of peace to carry. And so we don't want to miss our, our moment. We don't want to miss our opportunity to partner with God in what he's wanting to accomplish here on the earth in these days. Our search for peace is not going to come through your preferred prime minister being elected in the election in the next few months. Our search for peace isn't going to come if God takes away all the challenging things that are happening in your life. Our search for peace won't come by filling up our lives with everything that makes us feel a bit better, those comforts that we tend to turn to. And I think this is what Jesus was trying to say because he was trying to say to them, guys, the peace that I'm wanting to bring to you is not an earthly peace. Until we see the full restoration of heaven and earth, until Jesus comes again, peace on earth isn't the thing that we're looking for. And it's not the thing that Jesus is offering. The peace that he wants to give is a supernatural peace. So that no matter the chaos, despite the challenges that you're facing, maybe you're facing health challenges in your life right now. Maybe you're facing challenges in your family, in your business. Maybe there is an absence of peace for you 
just in your own wrestle with the last few years and what the Lord's doing, maybe there are some things that are unresolved or some prayers that's yet, that are yet to be answered the way that you would hope them to be. The message of Palm Sunday is not Jesus who brings peace instead of challenge. It's Jesus who brings peace in the midst of challenge that equips us to actually withstand the challenges and the trials that we go to. It's so much better than the peace of the world. You know this scripture, you'll know this, you might know this from John 14. This is Jesus talking to his disciples. I'm telling you these things now while I'm still with you. But when the Father sends the advocate, the Holy Spirit is my representative, he will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I have told you. I'm leaving you with a gift. Everybody say gift. Peace is a gift. No amount of striving will get you the peace that you're looking for. No amount of strategy will get you the peace you're looking for. You can't manufacture it yourself. It's a gift that comes from the Holy Spirit. It's a gift the world cannot give. This is what Jesus says. I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. The peace that the Holy Spirit that we get from the Holy Spirit through Jesus is peace not instead of your pain or your sorrow or your tragedy or your loss. It's peace, the peace of Jesus with you through the Holy Spirit in the midst of it to help you journey through it. That you might be a carrier of that peace to the world around you. That we might be carriers of the hope of Jesus in a chaotic world that's just getting more chaotic, let's face it. I think we're just, the, the chaos is just going to continue. The, the nice calm 2022 we all hoped for is an illusion it seems. But it's peace despite the chaos. So the invitations for us today, just three. The first is make peace with God. Maybe you've come into church today and there's some stuff between you and God that's just unresolved. And that's okay. We all have those things. It's like, God, I just thought life was going to look different to how it looks right now. And I don't really know what you're doing. There's an opportunity to make your peace with God today. Perhaps for you, there's some, there's some unconfessed sin in your world that might even be so hidden from yourself that you're not even really willing to acknowledge it. But it's actually hindering you from receiving this gift of peace that the Lord wants you to experience. And so you, you know you're not at peace in your own heart and spirit. There's, a, there's an absence of peace. You're unsettled. You're anxious. Sometimes that can be because we have unconfessed sin in our life that needs to that needs to be confessed and we need to bring that before the Lord and you can do that this morning in, in worship. Maybe you'd like someone to pray for you this morning. Um, for some of you, it might be the invitation to make your peace with God for the very first time. You know, this coming week, we're going to talk about Jesus who, who went to the cross for us and our peace is actually only available because of the cross of Christ. We have the benefit of hindsight in to see this full story and to see the bigger picture. So we know that Friday and Sunday are coming. But at the time, they didn't know. Well, they should have known, but they you know, weren't paying attention, as we've discovered. Um, 
But for you today, maybe it's actually, you know what, today's my day to say yes to Jesus for the very first time and make my peace with him and start a new life, a new relationship with Jesus. So for you, it might be that invitation to make your peace with God. And for some of us, it might just be that moment of recognizing our time of visitation. You know, I think we have, I know for me, I've definitely been guilty of not seeing Jesus in a moment where he was wanting to come to me because of all of my own expectation and agenda laid over the top. And it's only been later that I've realized, ah, Jesus was moving towards me in that moment to offer me something and I missed it because I was looking for something else. And, um, you know, I'm challenged, by, I'm challenged by the temple leaders who, and, you know, we can be like this. It's easy to turn up to church and look super holy and say all the holy Jesus-y words. We know all the Jesus-y words to say. We, we can stand in worship and lift our hands. Hosanna, Hosanna. Jesus, you're awesome. And then we leave and our life does not reflect that at all. A car ride home might be a good example and you have a Barney with your partner and the words that come out of your mouth and not the Hosanna, Hosanna words. But it's true, right? We've all been those people. I've been that person. You've probably been that person where you've turned up to church and everything's looking great. And then you leave and it's not so great. And your kids are like, hmm, you're a different person when you're there to when you're at home, mum. Like, what's going on? But maybe for us, it's just a moment to repent today and just, you know, Come under the Lord's humility. Let's surrender our pride. Um, so that's the first invitation. Some questions for you to chat with some friends about today. Where in my life do I need to make peace with God? And is there anything I need to confess or repent from today? Second invitation, to receive peace from God through the Holy Spirit. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives, were the words of Jesus. So some questions for us. Perhaps you just need to receive that gift of peace again today. Maybe you've been trying to cultivate it as a rhythm in your life, and you're like, why is this not working? Everything I'm doing to try to find that peace and feel that peace just isn't working. It's because it's a gift, and you have to receive it. It's to be received. And so maybe the invitation for you today is to receive that gift from God afresh. Imagine him giving it to you like a present. You have to actually unwrap it and put it on. And so perhaps imagine it like a garment of peace that maybe the invitation for you today is to let the Lord clothe you in his peace afresh today. So some questions. How might I relinquish my feelings of unsettledness, anxiety, and lack of certainty into God's care today and allow him to clothe me with his peace? And how is God inviting me to experience his presence with me today? So an invitation to make peace with God through Jesus, an invitation to receive peace from God through the Holy Spirit, and thirdly, an invitation to carry the peace of God to others. And this is the spirit at work in us. You know, as disciples of Jesus, there's work for us to do while we're, there's still breath in our lungs. Jesus was pretty clear, go and make disciples of all nations. And this is the bit I think that the disciples at the time here, the first disciples, they missed. The whole time Jesus was modeling to them how to continue his work for the time when he was gone. And that's exactly the same for us. It's why we have the word because it's our guide of how Jesus wants us to act and to behave and to live and to be in the world until he comes again. And so our job is the same as their job. 
It's the Great Commission, Matthew 28, we see it, go and make disciples of all nations. And so the invitation to us is to live a life surrendered to Jesus, partnering with him, perhaps even to be somebody whose mood ring is green. When you step into the life of someone else, when you step into your workplace, when you step into your family, could you carry that spirit of peace that comes from Jesus? Because that is such a witness to the world in these chaotic times where there is such an absence of peace. If we could be people that actually carried the presence of God's peace into all of the spaces and places we go, that says so much more than often our words say. It's quite amazing and we have such a privileged opportunity in these days to be people of peace in a world that's just starving for it. And so my question, my questions for you might be, who is God calling me to carry peace to this Easter or this week? How is God inviting me to partner with him in his kingdom activity in this season? And is there someone, and this might be a word for someone today, is there someone in my life that I need to make peace with? Maybe there's, um, Maybe there's there's some fracture in your world somewhere in some of your relationships and there's an invitation for you to extend the hand of peace to someone this week. So Palm Sunday, celebration of peace. May we receive the peace that Jesus has to give us afresh today. Why don't we stand? The band's going to come and join me. I'd love to pray for you this morning. My prayer is that as you go, you would go knowing that you have been given the most incredible gift through the Holy Spirit, this gift of peace that the world cannot give you. And that we'd just be reminded that, you know, as we look around the chaos that's going on, you know, the headline chaos, but also just the chaos in our own lives, that the goal is not, is not that all the challenges would go away, but the gift of peace this Easter is to be reminded that Jesus meets us in the midst of them and journeys with us through them that we might be transformed more and more into his image and be restored more and more day by day. So, Father, I just thank you that you are so generous. I thank you that you are so kind, that you would send Jesus, the Prince of Peace, into our lives today. And, God, we just open ourselves to receive him coming to us this Palm Sunday as Jesus rides into our life afresh, I pray that the words of our mouth would shout, Hosanna, Hosanna, because we see him coming to us for who he is, the Prince of Peace, not coming to take away all the bad things that happen, but to transform us by his peace in the process that we might carry that peace to others. And so, God, we just repent of the times when we've missed you, when we've missed what it is that you wanted to do when we have been so caught up in our own, with our own agendas, Lord, and our own expectations that we've actually missed your kingdom agenda. And I pray, God, for us as a church today, Lord, this is a significant time and we recognize it today and we recognize it together and we say, Lord, have your way and we submit to your agenda, Jesus. We know that you're the one that builds your church and so we come humbly and we surrender our gifts and we just we want to be part of what it is that you're doing Lord right across our community and our region and our city for your glory that you might be glorified Jesus that your name would be lifted up that your kingdom would be advanced but I pray God would you just bring healing into our hearts today where we need it I pray God that 
in those places of sorrow and pain and even fury. I thank you that you know what those places feel like, Jesus, because you felt them too. So I just pray for a deep healing, an outpouring of your peace, that supernatural peace that comes only through the Holy Spirit. We just receive it today, afresh in our lives, afresh over our families, afresh over the challenges in our workplaces, Lord, afresh over our finances, afresh over our health, afresh over our children. We receive your peace afresh over the anxieties that we've carried into the room today. We fix our attention on you, Jesus, the author and finisher. Would you just increase our desire for you more and more, Lord, I pray today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks, guys. Thanks for joining us on this Discovery Church podcast. Now go and find yourself in the bigger story.